kind of a pre-afternoon, isn't it? Not necessarily good morning. It is before noon. Kind of a pre-afternoon hello. The title of today's sermon on the, you see it outside on the screen, or you can see it in your worship handout this morning, which we are going to go there. If you have this piece of paper, we're going to go here for just a second. If you open this up all the way, but the, the sermon title you can see is A Journey Through James, and then in parentheses 2. It means it's the second sermon of the series as we go through James. I want to tell you a couple things before we go. If you're with us last week, uh, you understand the sharpness and bluntness of James. Okay, uh, he doesn't. He don't play, right? Uh, he doesn't play. He swings with heavy hands. Um, and we're going to get into that in just a second. We have a couple things to do. But if you open up your worship handout all the way, look in the middle. I know sometimes we have differing understandings of when we're going to have group. So I wrote out all the summer dates that we are going to meet. Okay. If there's another week on here, we aren't going to meet. Connect groups are our hour. That's really tough to say together. Our hour. Sunday school. Okay, we have, we have connect groups that we get together, people's houses. If you go to connectionmtv.com, you check out our website, you can see addresses, you can see places, what times that we meet at those different things. So just take, it, take a look at this for June with me. Um, this week is a fourth week. Uh, any fourth and fifth weeks, we do not have connect groups. We encourage you to spend time with your family. Okay, we want you to hang out. All right, be together. Um, I understand what nights are spent at recitals and practice and softball. I get it. Go in the backyard and lay down on the grass and the breeze with your kids. I don't care what you want to do. Play wiffle ball. Enjoy it. Hang out. Fun. Anybody like to grill? It's a therapy session for me, okay? Look, June 4th and the 11th, those weeks, we will have connect groups those weeks. The week of the 18th, we will not because it's Father's Day. Again, spend time with those people in your life. July 9th and 16th, the first week of July, we will not have group because of 4th of July. Um, and then August, we have all three, all three first, second, and third weeks as we gear up for our students to go back to school, which they are all excited about, correct? Yeah, we just got out, Matt. We just got out, right? I had a couple of people this morning, they still have a couple of days left of school. But um, This week is a fourth Sunday week, and if you've been a part of us, um, during a fourth week, we do what's called a touch someone's life gift. And we have people that are going to take some offering. They're going to take some... And we ask our Connection people to just give some quarters and change and whatever. If you're not a part of Connection, this is not an offering for you. Uh, our regular offering is just a box in the back. If you want to give to this, you can. But we use this money when we go into the community and we impact the lives of other people sharing God with them. I was asked a couple questions last week that I wanted to, I wanted to kind of hit on. Uh, one person asked me, I mentioned last week in my sermon what the word expository uh, was. They wanted to know what the word expository meant. Why it's important that we look at Scripture expositorily. How, what's, what is it? What does it do? Um, expository preaching is when you can take verses... You seek out their original context from how it was written, what people group it was written to, who wrote it, what is their background of faith, and you find the central truths and the themes. Eventually, I don't want to get above your head and scare anyone. Okay, these are just big words. They're not really that scary. But eventually, expository, expository preaching would lead to us finding themes that would eventually lead into systematic theology. 
I, I know, you're not in seminary, I get that. But the reason that we study Scripture the way that we study it is, I want you to be able, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, what about this book of James here? What about, what about what's this say here? And you're going to be able, not because I told you, because we study the Bible correctly, you're going to be able to say, hey, I know what this is. I know, I know who James is. I know why he's talking to these Jewish believers. I know why he's doing this. And this is, it's very important. Um, so if you take notes, uh, you can, there's, a, there's, a, there's some blank spaces on here. We're going to have some sermon notes in here in just a second. You can take notes on the side. You can take notes in your Bible. Uh, you can take... Uh, by the way, if you jot down some notes, I have a couple prayer requests for you. Actually, three. They're people. We have three people from Connection that have their feet on foreign soil right now sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not exciting. It's awesome, isn't it? We have we have we have two we have a, we have a team of father and son and they're going to be back um, next week sometime. The college age girl that is gone currently right now is spending a month in Africa, sharing the gospel with people, uh, especially women um, that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. So if you if you if you have a prayer life, okay, you you you're cool with praying and asking God for things. Just pray for safety. Pray for these people as they as they do mission work, as they share the gospel, that people be open to hear the life-changing difference that Jesus Christ can give them. I'm going to ask you a couple questions this morning. Some of us can can do... You can hear this. You can, you can even listen to me when I say, but listening and hearing are not the same thing. If, if, you, if you have, we're not, not going to take a poll. If you have children or you work around kids, we'll just put kids here because, you know, adults just listen all the time. So, how about this? Hearing something made a noise. Oh, I think it's my mom's voice, right? Your kid, there's a noise coming from someone that I live with, right? Hearing them is different than listening to someone. And hearing is different from listening, but then there's another step that God asks us to do through this book, is that when we listen to His voice, He wants us to do it. James James does not pull any punches. If you're looking this morning for a sermon that goes, man, Memorial Day is awesome. Listen, Memorial Day is fantastic. It's a day, a weekend. It is not another day off. I do not take it that way. We get to live in a free country because people paid the ultimate sacrifice for that freedom. This morning we're going to look at the freedom that you can experience because God made the greatest sacrifice in the history of the world. And we remember what God did for us so we can have a relationship with Him. It's different... Here, I'll just play the part of the hearer, okay? I'll rewind myself a couple years, I'll be a teenager again, okay? Yeah. Alright, I got you all fooled. Now, uh, I just turned 37. So, so I'm here... I'm playing the only real, for real, awesome video gaming system that I've ever played. It's in a gray box, red letters, it's called a Nintendo. Anyway, so we're playing this. Early 90s, living my world, okay? Nirvana's probably playing somewhere. I'm over here, and my mom says, hey, I want you to take out the garbage. I understand that something was just said. 
I have no inkling of what it was, nor do I have anything that says that I'm going to forget playing and beating Contra to take out the trash. Anybody play Contra? There's like three of us. We need to get together. Have dinner, okay? (laughs) Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A, select, start for all your men. See, I know this! Some of you are going, what in the world is he doing? It's a misspent youth, okay? (laughs) You can hear and you don't have to listen and you can also listen without doing. You can also listen and anything that comes in your head unless you apply it doesn't make any sense to you. I'm going to explain all this in a minute. By the way, in this sermon it is illegal to jab with your elbow Gently pat your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend and say, Oh, make sure you listen here, right? When Matt makes a point, when about listening, Oh, hey. There's no one in here that practices this. But I've understood it sometimes in my life that I might have practiced a thing called selective hearing. <laughs> See, here's the deal. My mom said, Take out the trash. No, Contra's on, right? Or Ninja Turtle. That's a good one. So we're playing this. Selective hearing, oh no, no, she didn't say anything important for me to do. However, if she said, hey, the brownies are done, ding, contra, pause, right? <laughs> you can resume the game. Now, why couldn't I have re, you know, resumed the game, paused the game, and took out the track? I could have. I chose what I wanted to hear. Be very careful with how you take that mindset into the Bible. Especially when you look at James. Uh, we talked last week about, about a little bit about boxing and somebody that you can even have a little guy but sometimes he carries and he swings really heavy hands and he's a hard hitter. James swings, he just throws haymakers all the way through the book. It's hard to hear. But we talk about listening. Do not elbow, just look, in, look in yourself. Do you listen well? It depends on who's talking to you, right? Hey, I get a phone call. It's my buddy Josh. He says, hey, the catfish are biting. You want to go? Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, you want to do so-and-so that's not really fun? You know, I'm busy. You have people that call you that that could use your help when they're moving or something. Hey, same same person, different wants, right? Hey, uh, could you move? Could Could you help me move? Yeah. I'm going to have to check my schedule, right? Now, I would help my friend move. But just different things, getting asked different questions can lead to different results. How about this? How well do you listen to your spouse? You cannot text them, do not call them, do not Facebook message them during this sermon if they're not here. You can, don't nudge them, okay? Don't, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, okay? We're looking inwardly. How do you listen well, chances are if you're a spouse that listens well, your other spouse will see that and he'll, he, he or she will want to do that. Your communication will be better. It's all about communicating. How about this? How well do you listen to your parents? Anybody under the age of 24, you cannot answer this question. You will learn. Right? Anybody learn that their parents were actually pretty doggone intelligent about life? Yeah, they didn't think so. Yeah, they just got, they just got smarter. Coworkers, how well do you listen to coworkers? I don't have to. I don't want to. This guy's a lunatic, right? How about this? How well do you listen to your boss? Well, I have to listen to my boss. See, it matters who is talking. How do you listen to your boss? Well, I have to listen to my boss. Even.
even if you do not like what your boss says and they ask you to do something, the chances are very high that you will do it or you will find something behind, behind, someone behind their back to have them do it for you. Uh, that job will get done, right? How about this? How well do you listen when God speaks to you? See, I know. He just, he just shifts gears quick. How well do you listen when God speaks to you? Maybe, maybe this. Look at, look, at the, look at the worship blank. The first blank. There's a big difference between listening and doing, right? Right? I can tell you that I need you to help whoever's going to uh, spray paint the lines in the parking lot. Which, by the way, that doesn't just appear. We don't have special birds that do that, okay? We have people that do that. So if I ask you, say, hey, could you do on next Thursday, could you, do, could you help with that? Hey, yeah, sure. There's a difference between saying yes and then sh- actually showing up and, and listening to me because I would, have, I would have told you, do not wear anything new on your feet because the overspray will get on it. But if you don't listen and you show up in your fresh Jordans, <laughs> what I'm going to do is say, I don't know if you can walk on rocks, but you need to try because those shoes are going to be trash by the time you're done. And there's a difference in listening and doing. I was talking about one of my, one of my favorite people in literature this morning in 9 o'clock service. So I want to share that person with you. You ready? Now I have a master's degree in seminary. I'm telling you my favorite author. Or favorite, one of my favorite characters. Because I think that they can teach us so much. You ready? Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> Anybody heard of her? She hears... And then she does literal things, right? My favorite in the history of Amelia Bedelia stories is this. And if you don't know, Google this lady. This fictional character. Google her and read her books. There, is, there are gigantic spiritual truths in these books. For instance, one time Amelia Bedelia, she's a housemaid, and she's, she was, she's left a list of instructions, right? And, and one of the instructions says, Dress... The chicken. Clean it. My dad's a butcher. This is not a problem. I can dress the chicken fine. I can do it from live chicken, or I can do it from frozen chicken, or I can do it all the way carried up to my favorite, which is barbecue chicken, right? You can do the whole process. But Amelia Bedelia only hears literal things. She puts clothes on a frozen turkey, right? Google it. It's a funny story. You guys are... Get some caffeine rolling in here. (laughs) Amelia Bedelia hears what she wants to hear. Sometimes we do the same thing with God. Sometimes we do the same thing with our spouse. There's a a shirt that I I refuse to get because I just... I I don't... I I don't know. But there's there's a shirt that says, I love my wife. Now, don't think I don't want the shirt because I don't love my wife. I love her very much. But I don't want the shirt because there's some print that you cannot read until you get up really close. It says, I love when my wife, when she lets me go hunting. <laughs> but no, I love her all the time. Okay, it's, it's, you, if you look at that shirt from a distance, you only see what you think you see. And when you get up, there's a difference. There's a difference between listening. There's a difference between doing. How about this? Now I know as parents in the room or aunts and uncles, none of you have ever said this. You do as I say, not as I do. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a very harsh word to you if you've ever done that and I'm in this boat. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> Sometimes we do the same thing with God. God says, no, listen, you need to do what I say because I know best for you. And we have the audacity to tell the Creator of the world, no, I got this, dude. Just chill. We put ourselves ourself in front. Our thoughts, the way we think, what we think of ourselves. God, I just want, you know what? I know what your word says. I, I'm just going to, we're going to cancel that. Just, you know. Hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. The writer of this book is the half-brother of Jesus. He comes to Christ. He, literally, he comes to a relationship with his half-brother, spiritually. Very, very intimate relationship. This is why he swings so hard. I really think that one of the reasons is he doesn't have a relationship with God, which was his brother, half-brother, until later in life. And I think that he swings so hard with this book in Scripture because he has an urgency that he doesn't have the rest of his life left. I mean, it's all, it's all he has. He doesn't have his whole life. He says, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I have to get this out. That's why, that is why the International Mission Board exists. To go to all of the globe. That's why we take out Touch Someone's Life gifts. So we can go. There's application with this. Look at James 1. And we're going to start in verse 19. If you have, if you have a phone, man... Use, use some editing things on there. You can highlight stuff on there. Uh, take notes in your, in your Bible if you, if you write. Some people have a thing with writing in their Bibles. Um, so just write on a note card. Bring some stuff to write on. Use a worship handout. Look at verse 19. Understand this. My dear brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters imply that these people are Jewish people probably. And maybe not all of them, but most, a majority of them are. And they are believers. They're followers of Jesus. He's talking to people that are in a church here. Okay, He says, You must all be quick to listen. Let's just pause. I could preach, and I'm not that great of a preacher. I could preach for a year on quick to listen. Unless you guys are really good at it. That's sarcasm again. Okay, we. How about this? Slow to speak. We're slow to speak, aren't we? Some people think that their spiritual gift is lightning fast fingers to text. No, I didn't say that about me. Right? Listen, we. I'm not making fun. I've been, I've been here. Right? Here's the deal, though. James is saying that we must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. It has been said that the reason that God gave us two ears and one mouth is so that we listen twice as much as we speak. Is it true in your life? Very, very few people are going to nod their head yes. Okay? It's, it's, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. When we don't listen... When we don't choose to listen, and we just want to... See, this is, this is where it talks about how Matt got in trouble a lot in life. You ready? You guys, you guys know me in the last ten years, but you don't, you don't seriously... There's very few people that go to Connection, because my parents went to the first service this morning, they, <laughs> that know me this well. 
But you don't know how hard it is for me to be quick to listen. I've never been diagnosed by a doctor, but I'm pretty sure I need like 12 fidget spinners. My dad actually gave me my first one. It's called a weed eater. (laughs) I got real good. (laughs) But listen, it's difficult for me to listen. And listening in this context, if I choose to listen to someone, can I say that even if I didn't agree with them, that they were allowed to voice their viewpoint on something? Do you know why I have a trouble with that? It's not because I need a fidget spinner. It's because I'm a last word person. Huh? Anybody? Don't raise your hand. Don't embarrass yourself. Be like me. Okay? But you want to have last word. Period. You ever been in a room and everybody applauds something and you have to be that last person that does the last clap? You laugh because you've played this game. Right? You can play with your friends and everybody applauds. And all of a sudden you're... You got a buddy across the way that's playing the same game as you, and like this. You you have to have the last word. You're you're impatient. You can't let somebody listen. Quick to listen is something that's very very hard. Slow to speak is even harder. James is talking about slow to speak, how it comes out of our mouth, where it comes out of our now. Listen, our heart and our head are the same in biblical scripture. Okay. We are con- James is concerned of how it comes out of our mouth, how it comes out of our heart. In 2017, with all of the advances that we have in... I mean, I, we could, if, if the three people that are on foreign soil had iPhones, we could FaceTime with them right now if they had signal. I mean, our technology is crazy. And we can be so quick to just... Right back at him. Or somebody texts you. Man, if you really want to go, just, just talk to Siri. Right? And you can just go about your business talking with Siri. And she just, your message says, she reads it back to you. Is that what you want to send? Absolutely, Siri. Get them. Right? And we're slow to get angry. <laughs> I don't like any three of these. No person wakes up with an agenda and says, you know what? I feel like not talking today. I just want to listen to everything everyone says. I want to be that person. No, you don't. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to say something that just gets you a little bit on, on the slant. You're going to go, oh, well, I have something to say now. And not only do you want to say it, you want to be the last person to say it. Or clap. He, he warns us about communication. Slow to get angry. When things don't go our way, man, thank you, God. No, you don't. Neither do I. It's, this is tough. James swings from here. He throws haymakers at us, at these, at these people. We want things the way we want it, and when our ego just gets tweaked a little bit, I'll show them. I can type way faster than they can, right? We want to get back. We want to get back. But God, God through James here is saying this. In, in this right here, this is very, very tough. This is one of the toughest things God has ever dealt with me in my entire life. I do not have to win every argument.
And some of you are going, yes I do. (laughs) It is not our job to win every argument. For instance, I'm not saying that you need to do this, but my wife is in this room. I said it at 9 o'clock. I will say it again. If there are people from other faiths that come to my door and knock on the door and try to share Jesus with me, and it's a little bit different. Okay, I'm not going to tell you who it is. But it's a little bit different. I will go out onto the porch and talk with them or I will invite them inside. Do you know what my first question to them is? It's not what's your name. They'll tell me that already. You know what my first question is? What can you tell me about why you believe what you believe? So they begin. I tell them, I said, up front, I said, dude, I'm a pastor. You're not going to change the way that I think. I'm not going to probably change the way that you think. But here's the deal. When God's word of truth is put up against anything else, it will win. Period. They can have arguments for anything. I'm not here to fight with them. I'm here to try to plant a seed for the Holy Spirit to begin working in their life to to maybe cause, you know what? Was that crazy person that led us into his house possibly right? I don't have to be right. Listen, I'm pointing them to the right thing. The truth will always win out. It's not about winning the argument. It's about being able to communicate. That was one of the hardest things that I looked at this week is could I listen to anyone and understand that they've expressed their viewpoint to me in that conversation without me getting upset? (laughs) Some of us haven't done that for years, right? If we're really honest, we're like, no, I want to say what I want to say. Look at verse 20. He doesn't quit, by the way. He says this, he says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Why? Man, if, if getting angry... Listen, I'm, I am not playing around with you, and I do not say this to be funny, but if being angry or the ability to get angry was a spiritual gift, I would be pretty close to the top. But it's not. It's not. God says, your human anger goes against what I want to do. When we, when we decide that we're angry, we put ourselves ahead of God's plan. Well, God, you're not working out this fast. I'll just do it. You never said that, right? My dad used to work on cars with my grandpa. My dad's not a, a mechanically inclined guy. Do you know why? Because every time he tried to work on a car with my grandpa, who ran a parts store for 40 years, every time he worked on the car with my grandpa, my grandpa would say, just move out of the way and let me do it. He never learned. He never learned. If you came over to my house and we were, we were cutting up meat or something and every time you tried to learn something, I said, did you just get out of the way and let me do it? You would never learn. In life, God says, I want you to let me show you how to deal with your stuff and you getting mad, you heard this? You getting mad isn't helping anything. You're not producing the type of stuff that you want to produce when you get mad on your own. Some of it, maybe, maybe you want to ask yourself this question. Look at the blank for the worship handout on the screen. Maybe, maybe you've always asked your question, this question of your life. You know what? I do want to see God move in my life. I do want to be a producer of good, godly things in my life. So you ask yourself this question. God, how can I produce what God wants in my life? I'm going to give you a really short answer and it's very, very correct. You ready? 
How can I produce what God wants in my life? You can't. Yes, I wrote that question like that on purpose. You can't. It takes you being, and we do not like this word, some of you will not write this down simply because it has this word in it, but next verse we're going to have to underline it. In order for God to produce the kind of fruit in your life that He wants there, not you, that He wants there, you have to humble yourself before Him. James 4.10 Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up in honor. That doesn't mean, hey look, I've been put in a place of awesomeness. No. It means I am giving myself and letting God change me, who I am. How can I produce what God wants in my life? You can't. There is not a factory for that. And anything that you can produce, you think about this. You've tried this before. I can. I can do this really good. How can I produce what God wants in my life? You produce what you want in your life. You produce what you want. But having Him guide us is the important part. Am I listening to what God has to say? If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to do a little play on words here. The produce of the spiritual fruits are already in your life. We talked about that a couple months ago, that that tree, that tree is there. Our spiritual gifts exist because we have a relationship with Christ, but we have to do something. You have to pick it. Right? Oh yeah, look. Look, I have all kinds of patience. Do I use it? Ask my wife. The answer is no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get better. Right? And, I, and you guys don't struggle with that. I get it, okay? But how, how can I produce what God wants in my life? We do that by humbling ourselves. You get stuck at a train. Some people in connection think I have, think I have a phone conversation with train conductors that as soon as we let out, like they know our schedule and that we just catch trains as soon as we get out of church. It's, it's not the case. Okay? I don't do this to reaffirm my, my sermons on patience or doing what God wants, right? But I did have a guy come to me and he said, every time I get stopped by a train now, I have a different outlook than when I used to. He said, if I'm in a hurry, I have to realize that, you know what, there's a possibility that maybe I left late. It's not the train's fault. Maybe I left late. And he said, even if everything's going well and I get stopped by that train, I turn WBGO or 90.9 or whatever he's listening to all the way up. He said, I just I try to worship. And he said, sometimes that wouldn't work. So he says, now every time I see a train, I think about different people, possibly you, from connection and I pray for them. That is different. We get up to a train and we go, ah, why don't they build an overpass, right? Many of you know how much time it takes to go from the east side hooks over to Toll Road, up to Greens Road, over to 37, and down to get where you need to go. You, you, I mean, you know exact time measurements, right, with no traffic. And sometimes it's not that important. We just need to realize what God is wanting to say. Look at verse 21. I want to get, I want to get on this. It says, so how do you produce? How, does you, how do we let God do the, all that stuff in our life? It says this. You get rid of all the filth and evil in your life. Oh, that's easy, right? Think about the song lyrics that you listen to. There, there, was, a part, there was a time in my life where I got rid of a lot of music. Do you know why? If garbage goes in your head... It comes out your mouth. It does. Okay? 
I like I like all kinds of music. I said a while ago that I like Nirvana. Yeah, duh. <laughs> I'm human, right? <laughs> but God says, I want you to get rid of all the junk. If you want to be a person that can be used by me, I want you to get rid of all the stuff that is hindering you. Get it out. But here's the problem. Sometimes those things are our pets. I like this. It's doing nothing good for you, but I I, I like it. And if you don't like this word earlier, you're not going to like it now. And we have to humbly accept the word that God has planted in your heart. For it has the power to save your soul. You could, you could preach a long time. Humbly accept. If you underline in your Bible, underline humbly accept. Here's why. I mentioned earlier that some of you don't know me really personally. You haven't known me all my life. But let's just say that you have some stuff in your life. Pouring sarcasm here. This is just pretend, okay? That you have some stuff in your life or you've had some stuff in your life. If you have a relationship with Christ and you have seen God remove that and forgive you for that kind of stuff, you have humbly accepted God's Word, God, the Holy Spirit, into your life, and it saved your life. It's literally for eternity. We're not talking. I talked about that little special code that you could push in on that, on that game, okay? There's a lot of people that know that code. I'm not talking about saving lives on a video game. What I'm talking about is God, if you have a relationship with Him, did not save your life mortally. He saved your life for eternity. So when you understand where you were, what you have in your possession now, it should drive you to your knees in thankfulness. There's, there's people that come up to me and, and they say, man, I don't understand how you can believe in hell. Why do you believe in hell? Why do you believe in God at all? I just take it back to the New Testament. I said, here's the, here's the deal. This guy that you don't think is God's son, his name is Jesus, and he came to this earth. I said, if you look, I said, some people doubt just because they have never looked. The Bible will prove itself with historical, secular, Christian history, however you want to do it. There's no loopholes. So I tell this guy, I said, hey, he goes, I don't have a problem with Jesus being a prophet or a good dude, but I don't see how he can be. This is, this is a very hard concept for people that think analytically. I don't understand this. But he said, seriously, he said, how can there be a hell? Jesus talks more about hell than he does about heaven. And heaven is his hometown. <laughs> right? He talks more about the evil effects. Why does he do that? 74% of this state is, is lost and has no relationship with Jesus Christ. You live in America. Right? We have people across the globe that are sharing. And when they come back, they are going to be lit up, ready to do this. Right? They're going to share with their people. Share with, and, they, and, they've, and they're sharing with people that have never heard. But James says, you need to get rid of all that stuff because it's holding you down. You see no person win the Olympic gold medal in running the mile with a backpack of bricks on. Zero. No one. 
it's not going to happen. They have to go as fast as they can. James says, get rid of all that stuff. Look at verse 22. Don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Some of you have heard this and you're like, oh, I knew this was coming. Right? Don't just listen. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. You know what I had the privilege of learning when I was growing up? I had, I had some unbelievably great godly men and women that were my teachers. But I grew up going to a formal, traditional Sunday school. Okay? In my churches that I, that I went to and my dad served in. If you want to talk about Jonah and the big fish, gotcha. You want to talk about Gideon. You want to talk about archangels. You want to talk about even some spiritual warfare stuff. You want to ask questions about just random trivia questions about the Bible. Under man. But if you want to understand what the top ten Sunday school answers are, are, are of all time, I can tell you. Read the Bible. Pray. Am I knocking on anybody's door here? Read the Bible. Pray. Bring a friend. Um, God. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Those are three givens. You can, you can say all these just very, very, very levels. Just open levels. Just entry level over here. Okay? But it says this. He's going to go on. He's going to talk about. He's going to talk about a mirror on purpose here. He says, "Don't just listen." For too long, I sat in a Sunday school class with a very godly teacher, and the only thing that I did was listen for content, not listen for application. Maybe you sat in church for a long time. No one's ever challenged you with that. Well, I know about God's word. Okay, do you do it? Listen, I don't. I don't know. I don't know some of you personally, but look, do you do it? This is rubber road, right? <laughs> it's meeting. James says, you can't just listen to this. You're changed by this. And you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Man. Then you wake up and go, I got, all, I got everything figured out. Right? You wake up, I am a good person. You are lying to yourself. Look at verse 23. Look at this. For if you listen to the Word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, in verse 24, you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Now I said, I said a scenario earlier in, in, this, in the first service and there were two guys that came up to me and, and they said that they could do it. I just asked them this question. I said, could you shave without a mirror? Well, at least we can feel it, right? I mean, I shaved this morning. But, I didn't really. So, um, it's Dave Ramsey. I'm saving money on razors. Anyway. Uh, so, but I, but, I, but, I t- but I talked about the ladies. I said, okay, at least guys can feel where whiskers are and you could go back over that. You could do that, okay? Unless you got to, trying to get a straight line maybe would be difficult without a mirror. How about this? Ladies, if you wear makeup, do your makeup without a mirror. I had a lady that said she was going to try it. She goes, she goes, if it looks cool enough, I'll send you a picture. If not, I probably won't. I probably won't get a picture, right? Of her face. It's difficult. Why do you think there are so many mirrors in a gym? Is it because these big buff guys forget what they look like? Most of us looked at least one time into a mirror. I did. When I brushed my, when I brushed my teeth this morning, I had to make sure I didn't get any toothpaste in my beard. Okay? You guys make sure. It looks alright. Jacob understands. Okay? <laughs> but we use these mirrors. You go, you go into any... Man, I, don't, I do not care what state or country you go into a gym. 
you see the biggest dude in there, and he's grabbing this great big bar, and he's up in front of that, he's just... And he goes, you know, maybe he's looking like this, he goes, huh. and he looks forward into the mirror. Yeah, all right. He looks aside into the mirror. But does he forget what he looks like? Of course not. He gets done with the sets of curls, and he goes over here. He's going to do, he's going to do isolated dumbbell curls, and he's going to go, where's that mirror at? Oh, yeah. Did you forget what your arm looked like? No, he's like, man, I look good. Right? I look good. I'm huge. If we look into the mirror that we have, if we look, we can see whatever we want to see. Here's the problem with this. God says, I want you to use this as the thing that's going to reflect back at you. I want you to use me. He goes, if you've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ and you have a relationship with Him, you should reflect God. You should look like Jesus. No pressure, by the way. So what do we do? We've seen, we've seen a video before called God's Chisel. And we look into that intently on purpose. And we say, God, what about me in my life do you need to change? That is the scariest question you can possibly ask yourself. You know why? You know why it's scary when you ask God that question? He will tell you. He will show you. If you just listen, if you just, if you just listen to me, listen, I'm not a great pastor, I'm not a great preacher, okay? I'm not a, I'm not a person that's ever going to be famous for doing this. Listen, if you just listen to somebody that's speaking about the Word, it doesn't affect you. You have to listen, involve yourself, and do it. You have to do it. Look at your worship handout. It's completely this word. God is asking us to be completely intentional in how we live our lives. We don't like this. We're too stuck on ourselves. Do you know, I think one of the big reasons is this. You and I have no understanding. And believe me, before you judge what I say, that I understand what it is like to scoop out snow of my neighbor's driveway so I could buy groceries for my family. But we have too much. We're too spoiled. We don't know the intentionality that we must do something because we live where we live. You have a car. You're in the top 5% wealthiest people in the world. You are in the same 5% wedge as all of the big name corporate people that have all of the big money. You're in the same slice of that pie. God says, I want you to be intentional in how you live your life. I want you to do it for me. Last week I asked this question. What are you doing with the time that you have left? This is why I think James swings so hard. He doesn't know how much time he has left. Look at the next, look at the next verse in 25. It says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. This is the perfect law. If you're keeping notes, this is it. God's Word. This is perfect. I told you a while ago, if those guys come into my house, or those ladies come into my house, and they're asking me, I said, I will be gladly, I will gladly put God's Word, and I am not a genius, but I will put God's Word up against any other writing of anybody ever in the history of the world. It's true. You cannot, people have tried to discredit, do you know what the best-selling book is of all time? The Bible. Do you know what the second one is? The Purpose Driven Life. A book about the Bible. (laughs) It's the number one bestseller. But here's the problem with being a number one bestseller. There's a Bible in almost every hotel room you've ever stayed in. 
here's the issue. Do we let God's Word penetrate our heart? Or do we use it to hold down our magazines? Or we say, oh hey, we have, we have family coming over. Put this on the, put this on the table so they, they know that we look at it. I joke with people. They get in my truck, and I have my I have my radio on on a Christian station, or I'm listening to a worship CD, and and I'll, they'll get in, and I'll be completely sarcastic with them. I'll say, "I preset this because I knew I was going to give you a ride because the pastor has to only listen to Christian music." <laughs> Never mind the Def Leppard and ACDC that's on the other side, right? <laughs> listen. I, I joke about this, but what God is saying, I want you to be completely, intently intentional. But He says, look carefully into the perfect law. What is God? That's God's Word. And if you do what it says, here in parentheses, write some more notes, and if you do what it says, that's called... <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> I, we've had to teach this to our daughters. <laughs> this is called obeying. See? When you do what it says, or what we do what mom and dad say, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing that. Sweet. So God is a genie. No. If I do what God says, then He'll give me, He'll bless me. Sweet. What kind of blessings we got? Libs chocolate turtles? Doubt it. Lamborghini? Doubt it. Psalms 37.4 says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. We hear the same thing. Sweet. Do what God says. Get stuff. Wrong context. Jesus never tells His disciples, Hey, you know, James, John, I can't wait for you guys to be happy in life. These people were hunted. And they were killed for their belief in Jesus Christ. He says, I'm not gonna, you're not going to be happy. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be worth it. And they had joy and boldness that was beyond our human understanding. Do you know why it was beyond our human understanding? Because it came from God. An understanding that we can have in different situations in our life that is beyond us comes from one place. Not us. Right? We are free to obey what God has done and what He says. Verse 26 says, If you claim to be religious, and I know that word is, is misused these days, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worth it, worthless. Controlling your tongue. In chapter 3, the tongue is so important to James, he covers it again. As if this is not sharp enough, he says, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Do you know what he's saying to these people? If you don't do what you say, you're a hypocrite and no one wants to follow you or know the God that you're interested in. This is way heavy. Way sharp. You're you're fooling yourself. Listen, I'm here with you. I understand this. Later on in chapter 3, he's going to say that when you can control the tongue, one body part, your tongue... It doesn't even have a bone in it. Okay? It just kind of, I don't know, just kind of, you know, helps you eat and talk, all kinds of stuff. If you can control your tongue, as in the way that you speak, it, James compares your tongue to a rudder. There are a couple different reasons. In 1912, I believe it was 1912, when Titanic sank, okay? When Titanic sank, a 300 plus foot long ship, you know how long the rudder is? 15 feet. 
That's like putting a couple popsicle sticks on the back of a John boat. It'll turn eventually, I guess. James says, your tongue is like the rudder to your body. You, it can turn you either any way that you want to go. And we are familiar with this, aren't we? We understand this. He goes on in 27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, meaning, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And he says the word religion again. Please hear this. He's not talking about religion in the bad context. He's talking about religion as in this is the language that they used. Pure and genuine, this, here you go if you want to change it. A pure and genuine relationship in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows. Does it mean that we go to different orphanages and we, we adopt every single kid that's an orphan? No. But that's what it says. You're being Amelia Bedelia. You're being literal. I'm telling you, you could do a Bible study on these books. I'm just... If you have kids, read them. They're awesome. It means caring for orphans and widows. Are we supposed to set every single widow up with an Escalade? No! This is not what it says. Are we responsible to buy all their groceries for the rest of their life? No! The orphans and widows in this con- this is why expository preaching is helpful. Orphans and widows in this time could have no job. They had no way to get money. It is the church's job to take care of people. We seek to do that. This morning we're going to give away another bag to give away to someone else. We seek to do that. We've helped people. We've helped people with car stuff. We've helped people with dental stuff. We there's a line item that I and a, the lead team we, we, we don't take this lightly. It's money that's set up in our budget that we can help people. We've helped people turn their water and heat back on. This is a big deal. We're doing this, but it doesn't say orphans and widows, just these two things. We help people. And by the way, we help people that are seeking to do everything that they can. Okay? Because in this world, unfortunately, we have people that are just takers. And that's not what it's about. They had people in this time of their life that were takers too. If the orphans and widows, by the way, could not find a job or find a means of money, they reverted to selling themselves to slavery, selling themselves sexually, or begging on a street. What are you going to do? Right? That's why the church is such a big part of helping them. Can you, are you, do you have the ability to give to someone without any remote idea of you receiving anything for it? This is tough. Some people are just God-given, talented givers. They would, they would give almost to the point of hurting themselves financially. They would just give. You need a shirt? Sure, here you go. Can you give? What God is asking here, through James, is he saying, listen, if you are able to communicate earlier in Scripture, if you're able to listen, if you are able to compare yourself with the reflection that's me and let me change you, I will change you into somebody that can do this. I will change you into somebody that can, that can serve. Listen, I have people, I walk by someone that goes to this church, it doesn't matter who it is, I walk by that person and say, hey, can you get to whatever you do this month? I'm around other people. I don't want anybody else to know. They come out here with a ladder and another person and they they clean out the gutters of our church and no one ever knows that they do it. Do you know why? 
Because it's not about if people know what they do. He's seeking to be used. I have people that come out here and you think, I know some of you are like, I hate mowing, whatever, okay. Not me, I like to. But we have people that come out here on their free time and help us mow the church. We have people that run cable. There's so many cables above your head, you have no idea. Those didn't appear. Nor do we have a drone that can fly them and just connect them all, right? That would be neat. If anybody has one, talk to me after church, okay? <laughs> Listen, he says, don't let the world corrupt you. Don't let the world corrupt you. The world says, have more toys, have more toys. There's nothing wrong with toys. Memorial Day is not just a day of the week, but it is a, it is a good day that you maybe get to spend with your family. Enjoy it. Have fun. And if that means, literally, I understand. If that means staying home and have a one day staycation, I understand. I know how busy you can be. But God says, I want you to concentrate on letting me show you, not you show me. Look at the last, the blank in your, in your worship handout. We don't like this. You are not called to live like the world says to live. You have been commanded to live as God says you should live. Period. There's no arguing with this. Not because I wrote this. This is you're not called to live like the world says to live. You're not driven. You're driving force inside of you because 75% of our state doesn't have the Holy Spirit driving their force in their life. You're called. We're set apart, the Bible says. We're unique. Different. Set apart. The Bible calls us peculiar. I know, growing up in grade school, anything that was peculiar you made fun of, right? We're set apart. And if you, if you understand what it's like to live a life for Christ, and you understand what it's mean to be set apart, that's not too off base. But this, this afternoon, as we, as we get ready to go, listen, we, we're going to be in, in James chapter 2 next week. But I really, if you go back over this scripture, read it this week, okay? Um, do we have the bag, bags, uno, uno? That's Spanish for those of you that don't habla Espanol. Thanks, man. $138. Um, Mason? Mason's going to give that away for us this week. Thank you, man. There's instructions right there. Thank you. Thank you. We shouldn't pray in a second that God uses that money. That He... Listen, I know... It may be in your head. Matt, how in the world can you stand up there in front of all of us and, and preach this? This is tough. I'm in the same boat as you are. I go through the same life that you go through. And we... This is hard. You mean I have to control the way that I think? Yep. You mean I have to control the way that I talk? Yep. You mean I'm not supposed to get angry at the things that I get angry about? Yeah, believe me, I understand. Right? It's a growing process. You keep at it. And God will reward us. We're to reflect Him. I pray that you have a great weekend. I pray that this money goes to... to um, to really seriously build and meet a need for someone, build them up and in their faith, and maybe to get to share, maybe maybe Mason will get to share Jesus with that person when they gives it away.
you travel, be safe. Okay? Let's pray. God, we thank You so much for the ability to worship in a free country because of the sacrifice of so many. God, that we're able to call upon the name of Your Son because He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we can spend eternity with You. God, this morning we we have heard some heavy words from James. They can be very, very sharp. But God, I just ask that You speak to us as individuals and God, that You show us different ways that we can be molded after what You want us to be instead of what we think we should be. Shape us, God. Mold us and stretch us. Grow us in our faith. In your name we pray. Amen.